This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Regardless whoever wins the White House, we are facing serious geopolitical and economic challenges that could lead to the next great financial crisis. You need a recognized safe haven asset for your portfolio and IRA, and that asset is gold. Call Goldline and add physical gold to your portfolio or IRA at 800-913-GOLD. Goldline, been helping people diversify their portfolio with gold for over 55 years. Rated A-plus by the BDB. Read Goldline's important risk information, but do it now, because crazy times are coming. 800-913-GOLD. 800-913-GOLD. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America, and welcome to the Glenn Beck Program uh, and uh, to the Think Tank today. This is Monday. Who do we have on? We should have this every week, because I think about it right now every Monday. Who do, who's on tomorrow on uh, on? Uh, Tokyo Rose tomorrow. Great story. Nobody knows about Tokyo Rose. And then on Wednesday is another episode of The Vault. And I don't, I'm not sure what we're dragging out of The Vault yet um, this week. But don't miss a single episode this week. Really good stuff coming for you, including this show tonight. Um, these are the, uh, this is the Brain Trust. This, these are the producers of my show and some others. You're going to meet somebody brand new today that just started today. But we have a lot to cover here in the next uh, hour. Um, we are going to, we're going to talk a little bit about what is happening overseas. Um, of course, the U.N. is saying that we need to pay black people reparations for slavery. That just never gets old. German politicians are now accusing the United States of economic warfare. Why? Because uh, Deutsche Bank is about to fold, and I believe this is one of the this one of the shoes to drop that could change the entire world overnight. Also, Julian Assange was supposed to announce something yesterday um, or tomorrow for um, uh, about Hillary Clinton. He said that we'll end her career. For security concerns, he's decided not to do it live. He's going to do it via satellite in Berlin tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern. I want to hear some speculation on what that might uh, be. Also, Donald Trump's taxes. Um, We defended Donald Trump this morning, believe it or not. So did Jonah Goldberg. But the Clintons, the one who say it's so wrong, are using some loopholes themselves. We're going to start there on the think tank. Come on. I, I really want to hear about the uh, Hillary Clinton stuff. By the way, let's say hello to our new guest, new editor of uh, The Blaze, Leon. How are you, sir? Hey, Leon, hey. Leon Hi, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, you know, I am um, currently living in Nashville, Tennessee. I was born and raised in Alaska uh, to the son of a Church of Christ preacher. So uh, I am, I've been involved in politics kind of on the periphery all my life and the last couple of years have gotten into it on a more full-time basis and just excited to be joining the blaze okay i need to say, wow. look at he didn't say anything you're from you're from uh, red state that's correct uh, where you've been working with eric erickson for a little humility here it goes a long way um but that's uh, correct. He yeah. is, no, i've been a red state for uh 
for the past 11 years, yeah. up until last Friday. So, yeah. this is, so uh, he's done a little more than just dabbling in politics the last couple of years. <laughs> I try uh, not to let on. I try yeah, not to let I know, on. I, I, I don't tell people that I was in politics. I don't tell people, tell people that I'm a licensed attorney either. Those two yeah. things, yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. You, you just leave those Your out. father was a preacher in the Church of Christ? That's correct. Jason? CSC, what, what? Me too. Oh, there we go. Yeah, there <laughs> His father, ACU, His yeah, father yeah, was there a preacher. Go. Yep. His father screwed him up. How about your dad? <laughs> hey, you know, I, uh, I can't comment on that one with the other we are on the air. So. You know who else had a father who was a preacher? Woodrow Wilson. <laughs> leave it at that. All right, let's start with uh, Donald Trump and the taxes. Who has that story? Yeah, I was looking at that this weekend. I tell you what, I mean, when I first, New York Times came out with this. So apparently they, I guess the reason this was legal was kind of a weird loophole because someone sent them snapshots of state taxes. And so that's why this is like not infringement on his privacy, something like that. But regardless of the fact, so he took what, a 916 million loss and I think 95-ish, yeah. right? right? Something like around that. Um, yeah, but, 95. And that enabled him to, or allowed him to take that loss and roll it over. So he hasn't apparently paid taxes in the past 20 years or something like that. I think you could take it over 15 years. Something 18 like that. 18 total. Three in reverse and 15 in the, I mean, in the front. I don't, think, I don't think there's anything illegal about what he did. I mean, besides the fact, we should all be pissed off, I think, that... He got away with it. He hasn't been paying taxes. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Why? Why? It's legal. I mean, for any business owner, small business owner, large business Uh, owner. I don't don't even think it's business owners. I could be wrong. Um, But I think if you go and you sell your house at a massive loss, like a massive loss, I think you can also apply that um, as uh, as a tax write-off and and space that over Mm. several years. So I think 15 it, might be a little excessive. What? I think 15 might be a little excessive, though. <laughs> but it you know, you get out of taxes loss. for 15 well, years. I think that's the biggest issue here. 900, almost a billion dollars? No, that, that's the biggest issue. He took a billion dollars loss in here. The biggest issue is what was he really trying to hide? Yes. Why didn't he release them sooner? Because this is not, this is not, he, didn't he doesn't them. mind this. He, he really believes this makes me a good businessman. And I have to tell you, I do believe it's legal. People do this. You lose a lot of money, then you're going to get hit, then you have a good year next year. You're still recovering from a billion dollars of loss. You're recovering for a long, long time to lose that kind of money. So it's legal. He didn't do anything wrong here that we know of. He believes that's a mark of a good businessman. This is not what he's hiding. Right. He's hiding that maybe he's not worth quite as much as he portrays himself to be worth, and that's an embarrassment to him. That's he's what I'm also, thinking. He's also, and I don't think he cares about this as much, but he also has a problem with charity. Big oh, problem yeah. with charity. <laughs> I mean, I've told you guys the story of Pendulette and his charity, right? Mm. Right? No? no? Where he gave, you know, Penn was on uh, The Apprentice. Right. And uh, I think he won. Oh, yeah. And so he called me and he said, Glenn, I'm raising money for my charity, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I, I need to raise more money than anybody else. And so I wrote him a check, I think, for $15,000. Mm-hmm. And so he calls me up after Donald Trump releases his charitable givings. He counted my $15,000 as a part of his charitable givings. Yeah. Wow. Penn called me, and he's like, this is outrageous. So, I, I mean, he has problems That's like that, crazy. but I don't know what he's hiding other than... The only thing that I think would make him crazy is 
he's not worth as much as he says. How well, can- the- the loss, I think, is a big deal. I think it is a big deal because if you look at, like, the taxfoundation.org estimates that the total net operating losses for all private entities in the entire country in 1995 were about $49 billion. Donald Trump lost 2% of that amount by himself. Wow. So that's wow. a big that's deal. Crazy. One guy for the whole, was 2% of the whole country's net operating loss claimed on tax returns. That's what that, you know what that wow. reminds me of? Have you seen, remember, you guys remember that Richard Pryor movie back in like the 80s, Brewster's Millions? Yeah. Yep. yeah. It took him, th- his, his goal was to spend, what, 30 million in 30 days? Something like that? If you sat in front of a fire and threw a $100 bill into it every second, it would take you through April 15th to get rid of $916 million. That's insane. Wow. <laughs> That's insane. Wow. Well, my favorite quote from that uh, article was um, the response to this from his team. It said, Mr. Trump knows the tax code far better than anyone who has ever run for president. And he is the only one that knows how to fix it. So there you go. I'm sorry. Uh, that's the, the same response. people who know wow. how to game it don't know how to fix it. Right. They, I mean, they just they don't. And one of the things that bothered me was um, and I, I think this has nothing to do with Trump. This has everything to do with us as people, is um, the thing that he, the thing that happened was the people who cheered, thinking that there's something wrong with it, you know, thinking that, oh, he cheated out, going, yeah, he's smart, he figured a way around those taxes. That's a problem, because that's the beginning of our culture looking at somebody who's now cheating the system. Remember, Bill Clinton was up on the pedestal because he was cheating, but it didn't involve you didn't involve the government, didn't involve anything. Now we're saying, yes, this guy who cheated America out of taxes on $900 million got around it. If he can do it, I can do it. Instead of holding somebody up, the reason why, the reason why last week I was upset at Ted Cruz, and I'd love to hear your response on this because you're a never-Trumper, um, the reason I was mad at Ted Cruz or disappointed at Ted Cruz is because I know, and I said this to him on the phone, the day he told me, I said, do you know the damage you're going to do to people who trusted you? And he thinks, he thought it was, well, it's just, you know, maybe they won't vote for me or, you know, maybe they'll be sad or whatever. But what I meant by that is people looked at him and went, if he can do it, I can do it. And, and we used to be a society that used to have hope and we would root for people. I was crushed by Angelina and Brad Pitt's marriage breaking apart because there has to be some good examples. I love the fact that, what's his name, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn have been together forever because it shows it can be done. You know what I mean? So Cruz, you were disappointed in the way that you could still have principles and be... And still be in office and still still run for campaign. I don't think that's true. You know, there's nobody doing it. Now what we've done is we've taken people who we were looking and saying, I want to aspire to be that because it's good. We're now saying, oh, well, if he can do it, I can do it. Except it's cheating on taxes. I think people have given up. They've given up. No, no, they think, many people think it is cheating. It's not. Yeah. But many people think it is, and they're like, yeah, he's smart. He got away with it. He played the game. The system hasn't worked for regular people for decades, and I think they're just fed up. Yes. If it's not going to work for me, then screw it. So it's the beginning of the burn the system down mentality in the culture, you know? What are, Mm -hmm. What are conservative voices in the media saying? 
Uh, well, we actually have a SOT from Jonah Goldberg, who's an another Never Trumper about this. There you go. SOT one. As you know, I'm not an enormous uh, Donald Trump supporter. No, you're not. Uh, but uh, legal tax avoidance just does not offend me um, in, in the sense that it, it may offend me in terms of if the tax code is messed up, if the law is bad, right. let's change the law. But someone telling me that, oh, no, uh, even though it's perfectly legal for you to avoid paying these taxes, you should pay them anyway, I just don't buy it. And I think, you know, as long as you're obeying the law, if you can get your federal income taxes down to zero, more power to you. I, I, I tend to agree with that. I mean, as long as it's legal and it's not borderline. But I don't think this law is, is borderline at all. You might find it grotesque, but that's the way it is. Change the law. Yeah. yeah. The biggest issue I see is what Leon, what Leon was hitting on, too, is that... The, the biggest thing to me is that how bad of a businessman he was at this point in time. And at this point in time, I remember sitting in, I was in an Economics 101 class, and I remember my professor was saying, this is the most profitable time that she could remember. I mean, we had like a, what was the surplus? It was a ridiculous surplus at that point. Times were good. On paper. On paper. Yeah. But anyway, everybody else was making tons of money, but he was losing close to a billion. That's because his business is upside down, though. His business is, his business is playing debt. And his business is also on real estate. When we're going to have a, a country, when we hit economic turmoil, we're going to have not only a country that is in turmoil, we are going to have a guy who, let's just say he's worth, how much does he say he's worth, a billion dollars? Uh, who knows today? Anybody know? Ten billion All right. So let's say he's worth $10 billion. The economy goes upside down like it does. He owns golf courses and luxury hotels. That 10 billion will be cut to a billion overnight. Here's, we're gonna have a president who is freaking out personally about what happened to his $10 billion. If he's worth a billion dollars, or probably more like $500 million, he could be wiped out on an economic collapse. You think that might play a role? Well, when Chinese banks own a lot of his debt, you think that might p play a role? So that's so why he needs a new job? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mark Cuban made income. a great point because he, uh, he said he predicted that Donald Trump would be bankrupt in seven years. And when they asked him why, he said, well, he's turning off his base. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what do you mean by base? The people who, who go to his hotels, who go to his golf courses, they're people who have disposable income to spend. And he's trashing them on the campaign trail right now. Yeah. And the people he's appealing to on the campaign trail can't afford to frequent his hotels and his golf courses. And if he keeps it up at this pace, in seven years, he's going to be bankrupt. To me, that makes sense. Well, I think Trump himself tweeted an interesting thing that illustrates a structural problem. He tweeted in defense a graph that shows that now 50.5% of Americans have paid no income tax. We've now officially reached the point where our democracy <laughs> is two wolves and a sheep voting on what they want to have for dinner. Yeah. I mean, and if, if Donald Trump can somehow find a way to be in that 50.5%, I think it illustrates that there's a problem. It's an well, optics problem. Yeah, that, but it's an actual yeah. problem, too. That's when Ben Franklin predicted the republic would be over. Yeah. As, soon as, as soon as the two wolves and the sheep knew, they'd go have dinner and they'd feast on us and the republic would be over. Bowie and I were just talking about Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton. You know, you can, you can dance all you want, Hillary, on the tax issue, 
on Donald Trump, but... Yeah, well, so, I mean, we all know that there's bias in the media and that they're going to focus more on Trump than Hillary. Um, and a lot of people have been talking about the opposite side with her Clinton Foundation, all the fraud that's going on there. But if you look back to 2014, a story surfaced where she was using similar loopholes to try and uh, decrease the amount of estate tax that when they sell their property or pass it along to Chelsea Clinton, she'd have to pay in the future. And so basically they're dividing their property into 50% shares, putting those shares into trust so that when the value of the property increased, when a state tax was due, it could be potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars less. Give me, give me a pen. Let me show you. Let me show you. This is the bull crap. This is, this is an explanation of the bull crap of, what we, of what's going on now. Sorry, I don't have a chalkboard. Um, so here's the, the average person salary and family income. And so all the taxes are put here. Um, then there's the people up here, the uber rich. Um, and those people are like uh, Bill Gates, Donald Trump, people that are way up here, okay? And then there's this huge space here. Well, here's what happens. The average person has an idea and says, I want to make I'm going, to, I'm going to make a new widget. I'm going, to, I'm going to make Microsoft. Bill Gates said, with new regulation and taxes now, he could not build Microsoft in America anymore. Why? Because the politicians claim these people are rich. They continually, they'll say these people like Donald Trump, but they never go after these people. They go after these because they have the income tax. So if you want to break out of here, you save your money or you come up with a new widget and you take it and maybe it gets you up to here. And then you want to take this money and you want to reinvest it in the company so you can build the company bigger and maybe get up to here and then reinvest it and get up to here. When you're getting up into this area, then you start to be able to relax a little bit. But as every small business owner knows, the, the space between here and here, all of the risk is on you. And they're penalizing the tax codes that they always talk about. Well, somebody makes over $250,000. If you're a small business owner, you're pouring all of that back into the business. And you've taken all of the risk. And what you're trying to do is just keep building it bigger and bigger, which creates jobs. These guys, like Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, they have trust funds. They have tons of attorney. George Soros, let's use Warren Buffett. The reason why Warren Buffett says, oh, I, you know, I, don't, I pay less tax and income tax than my secretary does. You know why? Because he's most likely writing his salary off as charity. Give my salary to somebody else because it's such a minuscule amount. He has no income. He's making all of his money in the investments and everything that are all protected. So these guys never get hurt. It's only the people who are trying to break out. It's de Tocqueville. At some point, they're going to figure out if they work with the government, they can kick the, they'll make it and kick the door closed for everyone else behind them. And that's what's happening. Let's, let's move to uh, Hillary Clinton and what the scandal is that's supposedly coming out tomorrow with Julian Assange. Any, yes, Leon, any crazy. idea what that might be? Uh, uh, I have no idea. Whatever the... Whatever the Russians want us to yeah, I know. about really come, I guess. He, I don't. he said this will end her career. That's quite a statement. 
He's hinted a lot over the past, what, month and a half? And you and I have been really interested on this because he said multiple times, that, or at least hinted multiple times, that this might be something to do with Benghazi. The proof. Exactly. That'd be incredible. That's what I think that this is. If that's what this is, oh my gosh. He was supposed to release it on Wednesday, right? But nobody cares. No, tomorrow. Yeah, I don't know. Tomorrow. Cares. Supposed to do it tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, nobody cares about Benghazi. As well, broadly disliked as both Clinton and Trump are, it's difficult for me to imagine literally anything that could really change anything. the calculus of this. I, you election. know, I wanted to do a show. I, wa- I wanted to do a show um, uh, on radio just before the election, just saying to Trump and Clinton people, you're diehard. Tell me something that they could do. Tell me a line that they could actually cross that I need to play your voice back on the air at that point because you're dismissing it. Tell me the things that you will not tolerate. But I'm not sure if I'll get anything. Hmm. I'm, I'm not sure if they'll call in and say there's anything that these guys can do. Because yeah. what, it, honestly, it's going to take down her career? What right. could that be? It's, it's such, there's such a desperation for beating the other side that we're willing to overlook... Everything. Glaring things that would ruin any other election. Well, you know? well, this could possibly be... I mean, the ramifications, I think, go beyond public opinion on this because there could actually be criminal charges, I think, put on, put on this. I mean, there's no way Congress would approve weapons transfers to, let's say, ISIS members now. There's no way Congress approved that. So, I mean, literally, like, they could actually do something about this if, if the evidence is, is, is that damning. It's, they won't. Gave guns to Mexican drug cartels, and we did <laughs> nothing. And no one has gone to jail that. about that. And so. if you think that if you think that Donald Trump is the guy who's going to get into office and say, "Okay, we got to clean this up," I'm sorry, my friends who are at my wedding, I'm going to put one of you in jail. <laughs> Not a chance. I thought it was Not interesting. Do we have the uh, the tweet uh, full screen one on there um, on this? Uh, uh, Assange just kind of like setting this up. He said that they, they canceled his big theatrical, you know, release of yeah. this because of security concerns. Right after that, he puts this out, and it's Hillary Clinton saying in a meeting, can't huh. we just drone this guy? And she was like, everybody kind of laughed in the State Department, you know, meeting, but then she was like serious. She's like, no, seriously, he has... So what do Assange? you think that is? I mean, that doesn't... That's not going to do anything to her. This is, this, is, this is showmanship. So basically he's saying, look, they're going to come after me because of what I'm releasing. So I don't think there's actually a threat. I think that he's just postponing this or saying, oh, now, I, you know, Clinton's coming after me because of, you know, how mm-hmm. damning this, this uh, evidence is. You don't, believe, do you don't it. believe that coming out with somebody as powerful as the Clintons could be dangerous? It could be, but I don't think that they're as brazen enough to snipe him from the Ecuadorian embassy. I, I mean... They could, but I, I just don't. I, I think the blowback would be way too big for something that's hardcore. We are living in some bizarre hardcore. world now, <laughs> I swear to you. Do you think this is just extra publicity for, for yeah. the publicity? In yeah, for words, what's going to come out. Uh, because, I mean, it was over the weekend he said something like, because of security reasons, I'm going to have to cancel it. But then he yeah. came out and was like, no, it's going to be released on Tuesday. Right. So, I mean, it's... Watch just to see if he's shot or something. Yeah, because he's, he's supposed to be doing this from like his balcony, isn't he? It's like if, if they carry it live, I want to carry it live. Oh yeah. <laughs> what is it that he is releasing? Because that's, I mean, as we're going to talk about later, I think today is the anniversary of the acquittal of OJ. Yep. Mm. I mean, I think we all remember if you're old enough <laughs> to remember where you were when OJ uh, mm-hmm. happened. Um, this could be, if it is what he says it is, that it'd be that big. That's going to be huge. Yeah. yeah. 
huge. Well, and it's also vindication, especially for us, because we were some of the first ones to come out and say, look, this is what's going on. I know. And this was right before the last election, where I actually thought that this was going to change the last election. Me too. I did yeah. too. I had no idea that the possibility might actually be that but it see, has opportunity this goes this back one. to, if you remember right, when we did Benghazi back then, we came out and we said, here's what we think happened. This was the Monday after? Mm. I think it was the Monday after. So we came out and said, here's what happened. Um, she had uh, the, the ambassador come over. He was meeting with the Turkish officials. They were gathering up guns that had fallen into the wrong hands, and they were passing them through Turkey into Syria for rebels uh, in Syria. That's what we said before years ago. Every bit of that has been now confirmed, I think, hasn't it? Every, every, every piece of that, except really her signature, her signature on it. Um, and the, the thing that I think is, uh, uh, you know, if, if her signature comes out and they show that she actually knew those things, will Congress do anything? Because I'll bet you John McCain knew too. Mm. Will the American people pay attention? Will they care? I, I, and will and will Trump be smart enough to bring it up? To bring it up, yeah. or will he talk about some stupid beauty queen thirty years ago? So I looked in the uh, the news over the weekend, and I saw something that sounded kind of crazy. Uh, German politicians basically are accusing us of economic warfare against them. Prediction, <laughs> prediction came true again. That's one that I said about probably five or six years ago. When the crap starts to hit the fan, the politicians will look for reasons we are responsible. It will wash them clean of any responsibility and redirect everything our way. And you'd mentioned, you've been mentioning for like about a month now or more than a month about the problems that Deutsche Bank has been having. Yes. Um, and so what the, what, what the German politicians were complaining about was that we basically hit them with what was like a $10 billion fine, um, $14 billion fine. And this had something to do with the 2008 economic uh, crisis? Yeah, um, yeah mortgage, mortgage-backed securities. Yeah, so all of a sudden, so just now, they're just now bringing this up. Well, if you, if you trace back the timeline, we first hit them because of some kind of like EPA emissions thing with, with, uh, with Volkswagen. Volkswagen. Mm-hmm. Then they turned right back around and almost for the same amount of money, it was like 8 to $10 billion or something like that, um, they, they were hitting Apple over in Europe. So we turn around and nail them with this. So there's just been this weird back and forth of them going against yeah, us. Guys, not good to take on Germany. No. Not good. Especially when it collapses their economy. Economy. Well, and and the the collapse of Deutsche Bank could be their Lehman Brothers moment. It really uh, could it be. It could be the world's moment. And the chain reaction. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, this is this is fission or fusion. I don't remember which one, but this is just giant chain reaction. Yeah, and I think could you, be. And Germany is basically the economic engine that's powering all of Europe. I mean, it's if if Germany goes down. The rest of Europe, and Europe is already teetering on the brink, the EU. It's already losing people, and it's, I mean, I can think of five just off the top of my head, other nations that are, ju- are looking into splitting apart from the EU right now. If Germany goes down, that cohesion, that glue for the European Union is just going to start fizzling off and falling apart. So who's the, who, 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 what is the theory behind us doing this? Anybody look up, I asked 
somebody to look up. Yeah, Could we anybody find the 1914 it. Fabian socialist making the case for World War One? Yeah, we're we're still looking. Still looking. It. Yeah, I, I know I've read there. it someplace. I think they it's were... in their first manifesto, which was in the between like 1890 and 1910, around in there. Okay, so... there. I know that they were many of the leadership of the Fabian Socialists, 1910, 1914. Mm-hmm. They were gung ho for um, uh, for World War One because they said it's going to change everything. It'll allow us to change borders, change you know administrators, if you will, kings, yeah. queens, get rid of the old system and mold the world more closely to our heart's desire. And so they were really for it. And I, I don't think there is that's happening here. But if we're doing things that don't make any sense, it might be to, okay, after this election, it's time to change the world. Don't, don't stain Barack Obama with it, yeah. uh, but change the world now. I can't think why we would be picking, like, I don't know why we would purposely be picking a fight and Which trying to crash Deutsche Bank. Well, Deutsche Bank has got, I mean, as, as Glenn Stubb got a whole host of problems. I mean, they're all be, also under investigation for a very hefty fine for laundering money for the Russian mob, which is if the Russian mob can get to Deutsche Bank and use them to launder money, who that does a lot of business with the Russians, who might be running for president, might have also <laughs> been similarly conducted. But, but so, uh, who could that possibly I don't know. be? I, I, be wow. Anybody, I, that I could be talking. Gary Johnson, I'm sure. I don't know that we're ever going to find any evidence that this is like a tit for tat, like they hit Apple for $14 billion, we hit them for $14 billion. Uh, and I, don't, I, I, I tend to be skeptical of that as the explanation, but... If Donald Trump is elected, tell me that's not exactly the way he would do business. Right? I mean, that, that's what he kind of brags about. You hit us, we're going to hit you back. Well, they you say know. they're claiming they have, we started economic warfare with this, and tariffs, they say, are coming. What happens when we put huge tariffs in between countries? Massive economic trouble and world war. That's what happened in the Great Depression. And that's exactly what Donald Trump will do. He will put tariffs up. Oh, you want to play that game, Deutsche? Okay. Boom. Giant tariff. Yeah. And it's, if Deutsche Bank goes down, I mean, I don't think that we have any concept of the economic oh, no, no, no. and social disruption it will cause. I mean, they're, and I, I don't think that Trump has it in his mind. He just All that he understands is you've hit me, so I'll hit you back. There's they no have... kind of next level thought. But what would be the consequences of that? They have $60 trillion of derivatives themselves. How much, how many, what was the derivative problem? A hundred million or a hundred trillion in 2008? Mm. I mean, it's about the size of what Deutsche Bank has today. If that goes down, the reason the derivatives are so dangerous is they're connected to all of them. It's, they're reselling it, reselling it, reselling it, and everybody is counting as an asset. That's, that's going to affect the entire Western world. How much time do we have to buy gold? <laughs> Quickly. And actually, I'm going to load up on cigarettes and cheap booze. So need that. I'm coming to your house. I'm your gal. <laughs> yeah, the problem with a lot of these, uh, like China is in the same boat as Germany is. And the problem, and just to look at Germany, they, 50% of their GDP comes from exports. 50%. Who is going to be left at this to grab control? Seriously. 
who is going to be left at the end of this? Yeah, China's in there too. China, because China is struggling. Right. It's really, you know, I hate to say this, but remember the book Tragedy and Hope, written in the 1960s by um, somebody. Google it real quick. Um, I can't remember, um, but he wrote it. He was he was, um, uh, was an advisor to FDR. Carol Quigley. Carol Quigley, Harvard professor. Uh, he, he was in with Truman and Eisenhower and JFK, and he said, tragedy and hope, we've fixed the economic problem. There will never be an economic problem like that again. We'll never have world war again because of economic, assured, mutually assured economic destruction. And um, so they're all tied together now. So when one pulls the card out... He said at that time, the only thing that could ever stop it is a group of people that were unflagged and didn't care about um, the future, about life, or about uh, current modernized technology. Well, that sounds like who we're battling. The only one that wins is the Middle East. Right. Who, yeah. who, ta- who would take control? I mean... I've thought about this with Trump. I mean, a lot of people say that, you know, this is kind of the rise of populism, uh, which Trump is not a true populist. I mean, I think that he's hinted and, and, and drawn on some of those sentiments. But he, he, he can't unite. He, he, like, you look at people like Hitler. He was able to unite everyone. He's even able to unite Christians on his side, crying out loud. Trump is not a true populist. He, he's divided the, the country more than anybody else. What I'm more scared of is the next person after Trump that does follows the same, you know, playbook and guidelines. Me too. That guy is going to be the one to be afraid of. That's going to be the guy that he is the true populist, and he can unite everybody b- behind one single... I mean, just look, think about what we're going to get with four years of Hillary. I mean, do we think that it's going to get better? Or four years of Trump, and it's not because of necessarily yeah. their policies. It's just because of things like Deutsche Bank coming apart. How, how, what, is going to be, what is that going to be like? Yeah, th- this is a global phenomenon. It's, it's, it's all happening all around the world. That's what's so scary about this. It's not only happening here. Hmm. There's a Trump in almost every EU country. Yeah, that's true. In Europe yep. right now. But you guys are forgetting that he's he's a business genius, and he's only he knows how to fix this. That's right. We're saved. We're saved. The eventual winner has to govern, right? And the eventual win- winner is going to be governing a populist. 40% of which will maybe not accept the result, and 40% of which certainly won't listen to what anyone is saying out of Washington. So how do they, what's a, give, give a recipe of how to start to fix this problem. No, I've been looking through history, and the only thing I can come back to is Gandhi and Martin Luther King. Um, what we're going through right now is more of a Malcolm X attitude, where we don't understand reconciliation. We just want to win. Um, we have to stop winning, and we have to start... Um, reconciling uh, with each other um, and and realize we're not going to lose our houses or our jobs or our country. We're losing something much more important. We're losing ourselves. We're losing our civility. We're losing our decency. We're, we're losing our neighbors and our family. How high of a price are we willing to pay before we say the idea that Martin, that, that Malcolm X had, which was get them, is not the path that we should go on. That, that, was, that was crazy. That was a really good interview. I, but I, I was kind of wondering, because in that same show, he had Michael Moore on also. He wanted to do Michael Moore and I together, and I said no. What was the main reason for saying no? 
Um, I, I, I don't want to. Um, trying to be a better man, I can't believe. I don't want to say anything bad about Michael Moore, um, but um, I was afraid Michael would do basically what he did, which was blame the right and say, "But look, Hillary Clinton is fantastic," and that's all he did. Right, and yeah. and that's not. True. That none of that's true. Yeah. And what Chuck had written me earlier, and he said we need some solutions. And I said, he said, you know, I thought you and Michael Moore. And I said, no. <laughs> um, and he wrote back, and he said, if I separate you two, and I said, that's fine. And I, it, because we have to be able to call out our own side. Right. If you're not willing to say Hillary Clinton is absolutely corrupt, yep. you have no credibility right. in, in a solution. You have no credibility. Yeah. None. So. Today, O.J. Simpson verdict was given. Right. It was announced this day in 1995. And for those who were (laughs) too young to remember that, really, you can't overemphasize the cultural impact that this thing had. It is the day I actually stopped believing that the good guys win. Yeah. And it's weird because that's the day that many blacks felt... Finally, justice, even though they now say he was guilty of sin, at the time everybody wanted him off, and he was so riddled with guilt that it it made me say, Oh my gosh. Well, you felt the same way? Oh, the look on his face. I mean, he, you could just tell. He was like, I can't believe I just just got got away away with with murder. murder. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that just being 10 years old. I mean, I was was paying attention from, you know, when he was in his car to the end of it, and it was just. Everybody knew. Yeah, everybody knew. But I also had a moment, you know, there were people celebrating in the streets in the black community. I had a moment where I, I thought this must be what they felt like, you know, when, you know, their men were killed for rape. Or, oh, it made me stop. Am, to Kill a Mockingbird is one of my favorite all-time yeah. books and movies. And um, I just thought this, this must be what they felt like yeah. over mm. and over and over again. It was the first time that... I, and because I grew up in Seattle, and so, you know, we didn't have race riots or anything like that. And it was the first time that I thought, wow, we see the world completely different yeah. from each other. Leon, will you give us a uh, closing prayer? We like to bring people in on the first day of their job and then have them pray on TV. That's great. <laughs> That's great. But if you just give us our closing Happy prayer. To do it. Thank you. <clears throat> Dear Lord, we thank you so much for the blessings that we have as, as Americans living in such a prosperous and fruitful country and uh, surrounded by all of the, the many great people here who make this country what it is. And we just ask, Lord, that you guide our path, help keep us focused on what's truly important, help, uh, help us to always have goodwill for our fellow man, even when it, that is difficult, especially when that is difficult, and just guide our hands and our hearts going forward in this difficult time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 From Dallas, don't forget his story tomorrow. It's a great one. Good night, America. Do you think it's an overstatement to say um, that the next president is going to face something
possibly as catastrophic, not necessarily the same, but possibly as catastrophic as uh, FDR or Lincoln? Uh, yes, but more likely uh, to me, it won't be a, a military-driven event, although right. military, you know, since, the post, since World War II, the, the world has, for better or worse, the U.S. was committed to creating this liberal uh, international order, institutions that sort of kept uh, some structure around the world. As our power, fa- and, the, and the transfer of power to us, I think you've had Mark Stein on, haven't you? Mm-hmm. That he points this out. The transfer of power from the Brits to the U.S. is the only peaceful major transfer of power right. in history. Uh, after us, I don't see any, there's no one waiting in the wings. You know, Frankly, the Chinese are not going to, they're not fans of the international order. Uh, I don't. Russia's not either, yeah. but Russia is positioning itself as waiting in the wings. Right. So, but I expect the, the cause probably won't be military. I really expect some sort of uh, financial crisis. Oh, yeah. In which case, the, I mean, when that happens, the more people have done to make their, their, fam- their households safe and robust, and uh, the, the better off they'll be. Caleb, I got, a, uh, I got a Facebook post from somebody who said that I'm hurting your feelings by saying that you're 12 because you're not 12. So you have a fan out there. Oh. She's Thank 13 you. if you'd like to date. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, you are our, our resident uh, expert on politics, uh, and you have the latest on the polls? Yes, I wouldn't say expert, but I have the latest polls. Um, th- these are our first, these are the... Don't, don't, don't pull that. <laughs> Everybody here is like, oh, dear God. If Caleb is around and you mention anything, if you even just say, nice red dress, nice blue shoes, you're well, dead. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's <laughs> politics. Go ahead. Uh, but these are our first um, polls that have been conducted completely after the debate. So we kind of get our first real sense of what does the American people think post-debate. Um, of all our national polls, Hillary Clinton is ahead of Donald Trump by an average of 4%. If you look at individual states in New Hampshire, she's up by seven. Michigan, she's up by seven. Florida, she's up by four. Um, Also in Florida, there was one where they were essentially tied, so Florida's still too close to call. And in Nevada, she's taken a six-point lead, which was big because for a while there, Trump was ahead in Nevada. Um, Nevada. It's Nevada. Nevada. Yeah, if you're from if you're from the West or any place normal, it's Nevada. I'm from Texas. That's Nevada. Um, but now she she has Nevada, Florida, North Carolina, and the blue. See, see what happens. Um, but essentially, uh, 538 has her at a 68.1% chance, and the upshot at the New York Times has her at a 77% chance right now. Wow. She's closing off his electoral um, paths to the White House right now. What's funny to me is how did the they, polls change at all after that yeah, debate? I, I know. Oh, I thought they were... Uh, oh, I, I, this is me. Um, uh, I watched that debate and, and, and thought if... Are you kidding me? If I'm a foreign leader, oh, or gosh. if I'm sane, I'm thinking you cannot give the codes. Please, America, do not give the codes to this man. Please don't give the codes to this man. I thought it was, personally, I thought she was horrendous. She was awful. But you cannot give the codes to that man. No. Can't. See, Trump, the, first, the first 15 minutes? He was good. I actually thought he was, he was okay. 
But then it's like something snapped. And he was like, okay, I'm going yeah. to get I like the Saturday circles. Night Live bit where they were, where he gave his deal. He says, good night, everybody. They're like, no, it, there's 88 <laughs> minutes left. <laughs> well, we actually have a, a clip from it. It's sought to from that. There we go. So. I mean, this man is clearly unfit to be commander-in-chief. He is a bully. Shut up. He started the birther movement. You did. He says climate change is a hoax invented by China. It's pronounced China. He hasn't released his tax returns, which means he's either not that rich, not that charitable, or he's never paid taxes in his life. Warmer. (laughs) (laughs) And the next morning, the New York Times hit him. Yeah, so NPR wrote an article about how SNL is trying to make something funny of this election when it's actually not funny at all, that these are the only... Oh, we need choices. To laugh. Oh my gosh, that. we need to laugh. We need to laugh. This is yeah, really sad. What's sad is, you, he, they didn't the, really change uh, much. No. no, I mean they're just they're just turning the volume up on them as a caricature, but it's almost exactly word for word. I love that whole segment where she's like, "If I had to come up with something off the top <laughs> of my head, oh, trumped up, trickled down." Oh. <laughs> well, I. I think Michael Che nailed it at the very end playing Lester Holt. He goes, just to remind everybody, this was actually what happened. (laughs) Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. Regardless whoever wins the White House, we are facing serious geopolitical and economic challenges that could lead to the next great financial crisis. You need a recognized safe haven asset for your portfolio and IRA, and that asset is gold. Call Goldline and add physical gold to your portfolio or IRA at 800-913-GOLD. Goldline, been helping people diversify their portfolio with gold for over 55 years. Rated A-plus by the BDB. Read Goldline's important risk information, but do it now, because crazy times are coming. 800-913-GOLD. 800-913-GOLD. 